Hello and welcome to another edition of Open All Hours, the QPR podcast, which can be sometimes depressed and sometimes chirpy, sometimes happy. So we've had a right mix of it the last few weeks, and today I am joined by Simon Hall. Hello, mate. How are we? I'm all right, and long time no see. Well, it's only been a few weeks, really. He's back, Chris Charles. Hello. I say joined, but we're all like at the same level here, so it doesn't really mean joined. I suppose I'm just being polite, aren't I? Which is not like my good self. Right. Um, we could start at Norwich and Stoke and just cover them. Um, well, Stoke is easy. That was just shite. Um, <laughs> Simon, talk us through the last couple of weeks and then we'll see if the last game to last. Yeah, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, isn't it? From where we were at Blackburn, the performance at Norwich, I I was a bit miserable after that because I consider that a bit of a missed opportunity because we actually played pretty well in that game. Um, took the lead, took the lead, and to be honest, we were looking pretty comfortable. And then the age-old problem: twenty minutes, um, poorly defended goals. And then some nice new cameos with um, Anderson and Frey. And obviously we'll talk about Anderson a lot, lot more given his performance against Bristol. But there was a lot of um, optimism coming to there, particularly when we heard the news about um, what was going on at Stoke, where they'd ended up losing 3-1 to a Blackburn side who we'd managed to beat the week before. So, yeah, we were all sort of like high spirits thinking, here we go, big Big six-pointer, fifth time we could get out of the bottom three. Here's our chance. And, yeah, we pretty much served that up. Um, I went a couple of years ago to the one at Stoke where we were looking for the playoffs against under Warburton. There was about three games left. And, yeah, we, we, we put in a similar, very, very insipid performance, which pretty much meant we were out of playoff contention. And... Obviously, we were talking about it on the way up and on the way back. It it was a really poor, really flat performance. And I'm going to be quite honest. After that, I was thinking, yeah, fifth time we've not managed to get out of the bottom, get out of the bottom three. Where do we go from here? Because let's be under no illusion, it was an awful game of football. Stoke were Stoke were there for the taking. They had one set piece scored, and they knew pretty much. They knew pretty much that was going to be it. I know some people criticise Sifuentes' um, starting lineup, which, to be honest, I didn't really get. We were all sort of crying out. Willock had been playing well off the bench. No, Smith had been playing well off the bench. Willock had been struggling. I could, I could fully understand that. I could see why he was playing. Hodge had been, Hodge had been playing well, so you get why he plays. But yeah, it it was the old mentality, and too many of them didn't turn up that night. And on the Wednesday, I know driving you home, and it was yeah, what we were like. That's it. That's it. I can't see any way out of it. No, and it wasn't the best of games before. I mean, you're right. It's it's listen. We go on about the hope, don't we, Chris? We always talk about the hope. It kills you. But I think, by the way, so well summed up. By the way, I like that. Mm. That's good. Um, did you catch the Stoke game, Chris, at all? I didn't. Was I, mean, your... I didn't. I didn't go up for it. Um, 
it was a toss up between <clears throat> so just just you know affordability and blah blah blah. That's absolutely you know, fine. Kind of t- toss up between Stoke and Bristol. Unfortunately, I managed to pick the right one. Um, <laughs> but but, but yeah, did you manage I, to watch it on a stream that was legal? Of course. Well, no, I I basically saw the I, I basically saw the highlights and I followed it on the message board. And obviously, yeah, I mean, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um, pretend I was there and give a full blow by blow account. But what I would say is it's kind of it's kind of it, it, it always expect the unexpected in Rangers. Um, like I expect us to build on a you know decent home performance, and I don't. I say I expected, but there was a niggling part of me that thought it's just the sort of thing that we do to go and lose at Stoke, and I wasn't the only one that lose at Stoke and then win at Bristol City. You've beaten Southampton, and uh, on, on, on the only team they yeah they've beaten Southampton. I can't remember the other. There's another high flyers they beat as well, um, and and so it turned out. I mean Stoke, yeah. It again, as you say, it's it's. Probably the lineup most people would have picked, give or take maybe one or two, if that. Um, so no, there just seemed to be no rhyme nor reason for it. You, you can't think, you know. I read a lot of stuff saying that the players weren't up for it, they don't give a toss, they're not fit to wear the shirt. And I'm like, but but they can't just gone from, you know, that from three days earlier and suddenly I I don't know. I don't know if it was fatigue. I don't know if it, what I do think is that we tend to we don't tend to do well, and it's a historic thing. It's not just this season about the teams that are below us or are fighting for a scrap. And we tend to get sucked into their level, if you know what I mean. Um, Absolutely. From what I saw and what I read, um, it sounded like there was a lot of long balls going up. And it was like night and day from the performance we all saw at Bristol, which I know we're coming to in a minute. And, and also Norwich, you mentioned Norwich at the start. And to be honest, I wasn't, I what I was pleased with the fact that, you know, the old QPR, 2-1 down, heads would have gone down and it, that would have either been 2-1 or 3-1. I like the fact that we we came back into it. I love the goal. I love that anticipation. Anticipation reminding me of when Charlie Austin made his second debut when we played Luton, I think it was. And yeah, you know, your boy's not going to be, Frey's not going to be like, um, you know, beating Linford Christie over 50 yards. But the anticipation there to be there uh, and and in the right place to knock that home. I did read some people saying it was a fluke and I'm like, well, I don't think so. I mean, he, he was in the right place. And you've also got, and the same happened on... Uh, on Saturday, which I know we're coming on to, you've actually got a player who can look up and pick a pass rather than just thrash it blindly into the area and hope somebody else anticipates it. So against Norwich, you know, yeah, it, when, whenever you're in front and you don't and you don't win, of course it's deflating. But if they'd equal, if they'd equalised late on instead of us, then I would have been a lot more unhappy. So that's that. That's kind of it. But yeah, I know we're, we're all building up to Stoke, aren't we, Paul? So uh, Stoke, <laughs> Bristol City. <laughs> Well, we, we're trying to. We're trying to. But it's interesting because we have, by the way, dear listeners, um, we didn't do a podcast last week. I, I won't drag the other two into the reasons why I completely messed up. I tried something different with the podcast. Um, thanks to Daniel Norris, we've now got a lovely new logo. And um, guess who messed everything up so we couldn't do one? It was um, so, no, it was me. Um, so, but we're all back. And um, that's what, and it's probably not a bad thing because. I'll be honest with you, after Stoke, I didn't feel like doing one. It was just so deflated and so flat, so so QPR. I mean, I had a great day because, we, as Simon knows, I met Simon half a wee bit up the road and we did park my drive thing. Have you ever done park my drive, Chris? You know you park a someone's drive. I haven't, no. I, I wish, I can't remember what game it was. I think it was Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Sheffield United last season when I wish I'd done that and got ended up yeah, with it's great. a good ticket, but yeah. 
a, a heads up to everyone who does this. Try really hard with your van not to knock the wall down. That is a that that's just not good. And that see what it was. The same one's in front of me. He's sitting there for fifteen minutes. He's going, well, "What's happened? Where are you?" I'm like, oh, well, "Just knock the woman's wall down. Can't can't talk. I've got to take all the bricks and put them in a garden, which I was doing, which is nice. But in my defence, I did say it wasn't going to work. And she said, "That's fine. We don't, you know, it's fine. Well, I'll see you back." And she said, "Turn your tower," which I did, and I took a wall down. There you go. Yeah. I do apologise. I don't think she's a QPR fan. I remember her saying that her husband was distinctly not. Now, not no, no. And it's just one of the moments, Christopher, where you think this isn't going to get any better. And, yeah. you know, obviously me and Simon got up there and I took great joy in the uh, the Bulls Club telling everyone about my mate, um, Alan, who this week I've remembered his name. Good start, eh, Simon? Eh? Well um, who, well who was in Grand Canaria. He's from Newcastle Underline, as I often talk about him. Everyone thinks it's Newcastle. The other one, nope. Underline, lives in Stoke, works in Stoke, well, as he stays outside of Stoke, whatever. He was in Grand Canaria, so it was right at his doorstep, so he missed it. So I was, I was having a good old crack about that and, you know, trying texting the wee woman who had fallen knocked down, apologising until the end of things she blocked me. Anyway, so we're cracking on, and it, 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 and I don't know if you felt the same, but when you got into the ground, and I was sitting with wee Mac, and that after about 10, 15 minutes, you just knew it wasn't going to be all night, didn't you? It just looked so disjointed, and although we held them, and, and they were no great shakes by any imagine. I mean, Stoke is a side that will not win many more games this season, hopefully. Um, but yes, the usual QPR charity case turned up. Sorry, Simon, go on. Well, it's funny you should say that. I actually thought for the first 10 minutes we didn't look too bad. I mean, Smith had... Oh, do you think so? No, we were all right for the first 10. Mm. Smith, Smith had a chance which their keeper saved and it was quite open then. And then all of a sudden, I think people must have woken up and realised... Hang on a minute. This is a this is a relegation six pointer here, and they and they completely went down on that. And going back to going back, and we'll talk about Bristol, but then we'll obviously talk about why Saturday is so important. What's people's thoughts about particularly mentality and so on? Where people say mentality, I do wonder if there's a bit of a mental block with some of our with some of ours at the moment. And because, as I say, we've had so many opportunities to get out the bottom three. You think of Sheffield Wednesday, you think Millwall on Boxing Day, you think Plymouth, and we haven't taken any of them. And obviously, we'll go on to Rotherham in in, in a little while, but that'll be about the sixth, time, the sixth time we will have a chance to get out of the bottom three. And let's be under no illusions, we're not going to have a better chance of getting out of there. Um, Rotherham win it, yeah, playing Rotherham and then you've got Southampton v Millwall, Watford v Huddersfield there's opportunities there for us to for us to get out of it but what do people think, is it is it more a mentality block at the moment? Well I mean that's what I meant by the, the, the early doors at um, Stoke is that although we were attacking it just seemed to be something lacking like you talk about Paul Smith's chance and I don't know, once, once, we, once that had gone and, and it wasn't so much they woke up, Simon. They they got behind us a couple of times, didn't they? And they kind of realised, hang on, they, we, they, we Stoke were there for the ticket, Chris. There was no two ways about it. And we didn't capitalise on it. And I think that gave Stoke confidence. And then they got that goal, which was ridiculous. But um, mentality-wise, yeah, there's definitely something wrong there. I mean, Chris, you work a lot of your time in boxing, so you understand the, the mental side of these things. Do you think there's sometimes, a with sports people, it's a very fine margin with a positive and a negative mindset? 
Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not going to go on too much about boxing because this is a football podcast, but I would say sometimes you can say they, they lose it on the scales at the weigh-in. There's like just like a bit of intimidation, bit of, you know, of course it's a mental thing as well. Any any sport is, you know, it's like if your head's not in the right place, then, um, but but I go, go back to what I said before. I, I, I just don't get how, maybe you're right, maybe it is the pressure of, it is just simply the pressure of, having to win to get out the bottom three that's weighing on them. But then you've got to remember we've had like, you know, we've shipped out three or four. We've bought, we've bought a new lot of three or four in. So it's not exactly the same set of players, although, you know, they're still bedding in. I thought what was interesting that he made, when I the Stoke, uh, keep calling Stoke, the Bristol City lineup came out, he'd made five changes. And I was like, whoa, Christ, you know, that, that I, at the time I thought maybe that was a bit OTT, but, um, you know, obviously... Well, we all we all saw it play out in front of us. I mean, um, you know, the, the team looked inspired against Bristol City. But yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe there is too much pressure on it. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not convinced that because you know, it was like a different team. Well, I mean, half of it was a different team that we saw on Saturday, and then it was the same against Norwich. I, I do think a lot of it is playing teams that don't play. The same, the football we like, we're not as expansive, so we don't. I don't know. We just, we just seem to thrive against better teams, um, who play better football. I mean, I'm sure people will shoot me down this because not every chance we've had to get off the playoffs, uh, get off, get into out of the bottom three has been against those sides. But as I say, it's an historic thing. I, I've found that you know I, I, that, that we tend to sort of mirror whoever the opposition are, um, mm. and, and particularly. Maybe, maybe Snima Stoke are quite a big team. Maybe physically they are quite intimidating. Um, but I, yeah, that's a bit of waffle there because I haven't really answered your question. Um, it does well, yeah, though. But undoubtedly, the men mental mentality does have a part to play in sport. There is a lot of pressure. Um, but I, I can't answer whether those players are affected by it or not, really. But I think it's twofold, Simon, and then I'm going to come back to you. There's a lot of players that are contract who, whether we like it or not, will be concerned that a, a bad tackle, an injury, will stop a move. Chris Willock um, and others will will be thinking that because there is a hell of a lot out of contract. And then you've got the new guys coming in and you've got the old ones like Colbeck and Cook trying to achieve one up, trying to move things on, trying to calm everyone down in field. I guess it's, there's a lot of uncertainty about the club. You know, we've, this year we've changed chairman, we've manager, um, the doctors now left. A lot of the coaches' staff has left. The director of football have left. It's a lot of changes, Simon, as well. I think we've got to take that on board. I think, yeah, I I, I think there's been maybe possibly too many changes, and it's, and the contract issue is it's affected people, and that's maybe why it's good that we've got these new guys like Anderson and Frey coming in who are, who are maybe kicking on a wee bit. I don't know. Maybe I'm more for nice. Simon. what do you think? <clears throat> I think the concern we've got at the moment and again we'll talk about this with the accounts no doubt is the number of people QPR employ is absolutely ridiculous compared to other teams so I think for example we employ about 189 people and on a comparative level Mill will employ about 151 or so staff members so there is a strong argument there that potentially what we're trying to do is um, try and streamline a little bit more particularly with what we're going to talk about with Nile with regard to um financial financial fair plan where we are with the accounts. So I think mm -hmm. 
that's a little bit difficult. But on the other level as well, when we talk about so much change and upheaval, particularly with um with players, yes, we've had a fair few, but we do still have quite a significant number of players who have been there through the last two or three years, through the sort of dodgy times that we've had since January 2022. So, and I think a lot of us would still, even even should we survive, I still think quite a few of us would still be happy for the vast majority of those players to go. Because I think one of the things we need to do is make a completely fresh start, no matter what what league we're in. Um, we've we've got a decent start. We've had a good solid base, as I say. On we're going to have to replace Hayden and Hodge. Anderson Anderson look, certainly looks promising. Prey, as I say, is coming, and despite the lack of pace, I think movement wise and anticipation wise, there's there's something we can offer. But realistically, we are still going to have to make some changes next season. Next season, regardless. So. I think as far as we're concerned with too much change, I think, to be honest, I think we needed it. And I think we've talked about mm-hmm. it on the pod, haven't we? We, yeah. we need a change. We need a shake-up. So we can't then, on the other hand, then go, oh, we've had a bit too much change. We, we've needed this. We've needed this because we've been saying for the last year and a bit, this is all wrong. We're starting to do it now. And, yeah, streamlining it a little bit more. So it'll be interesting to see where we go from there. Just for clarification, I know you're not saying it. I'm not saying it's wrong or right. I'm just saying for the mental side of the players with the contracts and all the new people coming in, coming out. Um, because one thing we touched on and have done over the years is the amount of staff that have lingered after the managers have gone. And we've, we've all said it would be massively overstaffed. I mean, um, Millwall have helped us today a little bit. Bringing back Harris is either genius or insane. Have they helped us though? Well, okay. this is it. I don't know, but I mean, he, he left and they weren't very happy with him before he left. It's a very strange one. It, again, everyone's panicking. So if we can stay, the thing is, stay calm, isn't it? Um, and now we can segue into um, Saturday. Um, I decided early doors, didn't knock anyone's walls down or anything out of there. I just thought, you know what? I'm going to get in the train, meet uh, Cindy and everyone else, and we'll just crack on with it. And we did. And I had a lovely day, and I thought, here we go. It's been a nice day. <laughs> Bumped into Nile, said, oh, you know, we'll get you on the pod next week, mate, because obviously the account's coming out and everything else. He well, doesn't remember a damn thing, which is why he's joined us a little bit later on, because he's more to talk about the accounts and the football, <laughs> because he was slightly intoxicated. And I don't blame him, because I there's two things, Chris and Simon, we all know. Big away support, huge pressure. It never, ever goes to plan. Surprisingly... And Chris, you can come in on this because we have talked about Stoke at length and it was nice to see you, Nancy. But what a surprise that was. I mean, they are properly in form as well at home. So I think we did quite a bit. I know they're a bit patchy sometimes, but much better than we have been. What do you think? Well, as I alluded to earlier, <clears throat> part of me was, well, well the, the, the manner of the victory, even though it was 1-0, I mean, um, that, that did take me by surprise. The five changes, um, when I saw those, I wasn't sure how that was going to go. But I did... Uh, when the two fixtures came up, I did have this feeling, and I can't say any more than that, that it would be <clears throat> just like us to lose the Stoke and then go and nick something up there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, Nick being the operative word. What we did was we just, especially second half, we just played them off the park. And if you looked at the Bristol City forums, you chat to their fans afterwards, there was no one there saying we sneaked a lucky win. It was, it was, it was it, well, you have to look at the, the championship team of the week. 
goalkeeper, the Bristol City goalkeeper, made the yeah. team of the week, which kind of says it all along with two of ours as well. Um, it was just, I would just say, well, what, I know there was a lot of contenders from man of the match. I mean, I thought Willock was just, looked like a man reborn. And he said Absolutely. earlier on <clears throat> about, you know, worried about getting injured. But he was just like, he was in free flow. He was just like, I know he missed a couple of chances. <clears throat> Maybe that, you know, on another day he could have buried. But overall, I, I, it was just so refreshing to see. Um, and I know he's kind of burnt our bridges with us, but I've always loved him as a player. And it was just, it was just refreshing to see that. But <clears throat> to Absolutely. a man, everybody was just on their game. The movement was great. The part, I mean, stuff, you know, some of the passing, the movement. I mean, there's a lay, a lays going up in the, you know, midway through the first half, which I didn't join in with because I always think that can come back to bite you in the bum. But it's just, it, yeah, it was just like you said, the whole, <clears throat> the whole day was just absolutely brilliant from start to finish. Um, and yeah, I'm, I, I, I thought Dykes as well because again, that was one of the left, the, the, the left field selections I was was unsure about. Thought he did his job fine. Um, you know, he. He didn't tear up any trees. He was he wasn't like you know like dazzling everybody. Or well, there was one bit in front of us in there where he showed us this amazing bit of skill in front of us. Uh, I can't remember which half it was, but I thought everyone just did their job. And it's like the manager said we're going to do this, and they said right we'll we'll do it. Which kind of is probably exactly the opposite of what happened at Stoke. So I don't know what happened. I don't know if those changes particularly significant. I always thought you know that 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 Smith is probably better off as a bench player. Um, I think maybe it was right to give Armstrong a bit of a rest because I think by all accounts, Armstrong was quite bullish against Stoke. A lot of throwing his arms up in the air when the referee's decisions didn't go for him, which which I, I think he's got a point because I, I think a lot of referees are going against him. But equally, you've got to be mature enough to shake it off and and, and, and carry on. So, yeah, I, I, I just think, um, yeah, I, I was long way it continued, but... We, as you say, we've got Rotherham this week, and it would be very. So I'm hoping we do we don't do the QPR thing this weekend, and hopefully their tails will be down with because they scored three last night and still lost late on. Um, which, if you're a Rotherham fan, that's probably possibly the last throw of the dice for them. So all in all, yeah, um, I was very happy. I hate that expression. All in all, it looks a bit <laughs> perky for QPR <laughs> because the first thing I mean, I, I thought Saturday. Um, and I was pleased for Dunn. I mean, I always get accused of this, the Irish players, but I was pleased for Dunn because I fought against some games this season. He's, because of the new system, the new style, he's been left wanting a little bit. Well, it's been getting used to the system or, and it's been a little bit exposed and got a lot of criticism. Not saying it was wrong, just saying. And I thought, when I saw him at right back, I thought, oh, that's brave. That's so brave. But it worked. And it was really, he played really well. I mean, there was a tackle in the second half where he nearly put the, the uh, player in our end and you heard the thud from where we were. And um, I just thought that 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 sums up the mindset. We see, we basically got a rocket up our arses, didn't we? And it, it was Saturday or it was going to be a struggle to stay up. But the first thing, I would say 10 out of 10 QPR fans said to me straight after the whistle was, we're going to lose Saturday against Rotherham. That'll be the most QPR thing. Like, like can we just have a second to enjoy the win? And, um, oh, Dal is here. Um, enjoy the win and and crack on with it. Nope, no, nope. we're going to lose Saturday. It, that's it. So, um, but I, I, I think obviously the defence was solid. Midfield call. There's a move, and we've all seen it. I'm sure on on the social media of like the the pal callback field in the box. What a move! What a pass and go! 
Anderson, I mean, I tell you what, if we keep that lad fit, that there is a seven and a half for you. Despite the fact that our recruitment has been pretty lousy at times, I'm looking at Anderson and I'm thinking, might have got ourselves a wee gem there, keep him fit. Nile Rogers, looking like an accountant, is turned up in the building. Thank, we're going to talk about the accounts. We're talking about Saturday now. That's a bit we were so pissed you don't remember, so we're still talking about it. And obviously he's muted himself. That's fine. We'll, we'll come back to that when he decides he knows what he's doing. And he's going to tell everyone what's good and bad about the accounts, but he can't find the on-mute button. Brilliant. Simon. <laughs> right, I'll jump in with more bits with them. It's interesting because first half, I thought, to be honest, the end of it was fantastic. It, it was a real build-up because for the first 15, 20 minutes, I thought we started quite slowly and the LAs were coming up was if everyone remembers there was a spell where we were playing it along the back in our own 30 yard line and Asmir Begovic got it about five or six times in a row and he was just knocking it about 30 yards and we didn't end up going anywhere and for those of us who were at Millwall it was a bit of a it was a bit of a oh is this going to be one of those where we're just going to have the possession at the back and yeah just just do that and thankfully and very pleasingly, we didn't. Um, going on to Jimmy Dunn, um, yeah, to be fair to Dunn, he he grew into it really well. Although, the one thing I will say, I think we were helped by Bell going off, the one who went off with his hamstring, because he was getting a little bit of a tough time in that first in that first little bit. But credit to him for the way that he got over that. You can only play what's in front of you. And again, that spell where he ended up sort of wiping out three players a la sort of incredible <laughs> old style was absolutely was absolutely fantastic and yeah it indicated an increase of confidence and I'm glad Chris mentioned Dykes first half again I thought he was very quiet but second half he led the line he led the line much more effectively and again I've criticised Willock and the second half was probably as well as I've seen Willock plan a long time allowing chances chances notwithstanding. Um, the positive thing as well is we're able to take people off. So people are going to come off, Colback comes on, Hodge comes on. It's squad depth and squad quality that we haven't had for the last couple of weeks. And yeah, we've had three or four games at the moment and pretty much all of the signings have made a positive impact. Hayden, everything you'd want a defensive midfielder to be. And to be fair, Sam Fields, grew into it more and more after a slow start. And if those players can bring people up who, let's be honest about it, probably think, well, I'm, I'm not going to get dropped because there isn't anyone underneath me. Um, we're ah, we're all point. for that. And, yeah, no, the second half especially was, was really good to witness. And I know Paul was panicking a little bit, but at no stage was I, was it, was it really a panic when it was like, don't drop. We actually held our shape very, very well off the ball. And if you've got, and I'm glad we mentioned Anderson, as I say, former Champions League player, used to play for Ajax. Um, yeah, you can see why as well, that ability to look up. And hopefully that means then that if you can keep him, Chair Willock together closer like we did in 21-22, we, we should hopefully get positive results. But yeah, no, absolutely. Really good day, really positive day. Um, yeah, no, it was a top day away. Can I just yeah, say I... something, Simon? At which point did you think I was nervous? I'm never nervous. I was <laughs> running up and down them stairs just to burn off energy. Not because I last was panicking. Last 20 minutes, last 20 minutes, even when we were in their half, you were nervous. 
Yeah, I've, I've seen this movie many times before. before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Christopher, we're thinking the same things. Oh, Nell's disa oh, yeah. disappeared yeah. again. I think he's having issues, so he'll, he'll come back. Um, Chris, carry on. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I, I went there down the stairs as well, but that's because it was my own, own daughter was celebrating so vigorously. I lost balance, <laughs> and uh, it was like being in the loft <laughs> in the old days. But um, um, yeah, I, I, but on that note, the fans again. I mean, it's it's yeah. It's all very well supporting your team when you're winning, but I mean, I unlike you, I've only been to a handful of away games this season. But the games when we, 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 you know, let's be honest, we've been struggling all season. But the games when we lose, the, the support has been phenomenal, and I thought it was, I thought it was good that everyone, you know, gave them a proper acknowledgement at the end and stayed out there rather than just a cursory round of applause. Actually, stood and applauded the fans. And I think that's the least um, that that. That we and they could expect. I won't include because they're fans that have been every single game, and I'm not in that bracket. And I'm sure you, you two are or nearly. Christopher, are. after fifty odd years of support of this club, <laughs> I'm sure you have done. Oh yeah, your, no, I absolutely have. But, but God, I mean, no, I don't mean that's time like prison. I don't mean to start time. You've done your service <clears throat> and enjoyment to the I arse. Have, I have. Yes, and, but it, it was just, it was just nice to see, and and, and I, I think. You know Marty's speech before the Norwich game about bringing your bringing your scarves again. I mean, they know how important it is to have that yeah. fans behind them. And we've been a very very patient fan base in the last couple of years. Um, I mean, years before I've seen us go berserk over over a lot less. And so and and also the attendances are up. They've been rising. They're they're up. Incredible the, season in season. So yeah, absolutely fair play. To be fair, I was. At the verge of getting excited at a throwing in a corner, Chris, to be fair, the way the season <laughs> was going. So to actually get excited over a proper win. Now, are you receiving? Can you hear us? Can you uh, take part in this conversation? Hey, can you remember anything? It's the mute button now. Yeah. No, no, no. The one that says on mute. No. Okay. No. He's a, a, maybe 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 give him a give him give him a message, Paul. Um, <laughs> And um, yeah, um <laughs> it looks sounds like it might be springing to life. There's a few. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not exactly it, sure it, they're human, but it's it's to be fair. It's it's. It, I think it's having a nine god moment. Uh, can you hear us now for the third time? And can you take part in the discussion? Please do tell us about your Saturday if you can, can remember it. Tell you about my Saturday. My Saturday involved. Um... Eating a lot of nuts and cheesy balls and drinking a lot of Guinness and seeing you at some point. I think I you don't remember, do you? And there was a girl. Um, and Sam Field made a really good save off the line. Yes, the Sam Field woman. Do you know what? Do you remember the goal? Then I got really wet. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember the goal? Overly, no. <laughs> you, don't remember, you don't remember the goal? You don't remember uh, Jimmy Dunn beating four players on the wing, flying in a beautiful cross and overhead kick from 10 yards inside his own area <laughs> by Trevor Sinclair. That's yeah. a different game. No, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, that was Cindy saying hello to you on Saturday, by the way. Um, yeah. And there was me. There was me and uh, Simon. We were saying hello oh, to you as well. Marvellous. Anyway, so thanks for your input towards the game on, on, on Saturday. Now, that has been absolutely brilliant. Now, I guess what we will do before we go into the accounts, because we're going to do that as a separate thing, which is well, Nell's here. Um, certainly, it wouldn't be his input for Saturday, to be fair. 
that'd be on the spot. But, <laughs> I, um, I read a, I read four pages on a thread of lost the words about FFP, and I was still none the wiser by the time I came off it. So, <laughs> uh, well, let's should we do the accounts then? Then we'll do Rotherham and predictions after that. Should we dive straight in? Why not? We're still all here because, no, Chris, you'll be um, sorting things out. At I, might home be, I might be having to depart for children's bedtime and such like. So uh, Don't worry about that, son. It's nice to have you here. At least you know with the mute button how to use it. <laughs> hey, Niall. Hey. So, now you read the accounts. They came out. You've got your shirt and your tie on. You don't need to do that just for the podcast, mate. It's fine. No one's going to see us, but I appreciate the effort. Um, it's like those people who get dressed up in an FA Cup suit for championship manager, isn't it, when they get into the FA Cup final and they sit with their suit on a little... Yeah. They should have gone black tie, shouldn't they? No, people people told me that. <laughs> that actually, Neil, who, who helped make that game, told me that people actually did send in images themselves in proper Cup final gear. Now, should we be worried... It's a lot of money from the outside looking at it. Do we panic or is this all to be expected? Well, I mean, I think where we are is to be expected. We've known, you know, kind of the last two years, obviously, FFP, profit and sustainability. It's over that rolling three-year period. We're still kind of in that last year of COVID. So 2020... And 2021 are sort of rolled together as sort of one year. So it means that kind of it's uh, it's a fairly generous outlook for that year. That year obviously rolls off for the next set of accounts, which is the period we're going through now, which kind of partially explains why we're going through a bit of a tight spot financially, I guess, um, in that 20... 21 period we had the sale of Eze we didn't make much of a loss at all um it was only kind of four million or so um but then last year's accounts for 2022 we made a 25 million loss and this year it's another 20 million so with 39 over three years it kind of makes things quite tight um there are estimates that maybe four million maybe 5 million a year is kind of disallowable expenses of of kind of what our regular costs are. So, you know, that basically means that if we want to be within the overall envelope this year, we need to reduce our profit by, or we need to reduce our losses by about half. So we need to find about 10 million of saving, which I think is not too dissimilar to what Mick Beale accidentally let slip at a fans meeting. Um, so, I mean, that all, it, so it stacks up, you know, maybe he maybe there's something he didn't lie about there. Um, so, yeah, we need to essentially halve our losses. Um, now, obviously, two ways of doing that, increase turnover or reduce costs. So far, we have been on a bit of a cost-cutting exercise. We have sold Dieng and Dicky, which the accounts talk about because it is a post-year-end um, event, which has happened before the publishing of the accounts. So they talk about. I think it's. I think they say a, a net of one point seven million income, so or profit on the sale of players. 
So with any, I, I don't think we've spent any money over the summer, did we? Um, so overall, with kind of players out, we've got 1.7 million of extra revenue that we didn't have in this set of accounts. So. Did we pay anything for Richards? I thought we uh, did. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was 400,000, I think. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Uh, yeah, so maybe a couple of million then we've got in. So we've got a bit of extra revenue there. Um, so now we're looking for about another 8.3 million. There's savings on salaries. So our salary is about 25 and a half million this year. Puts us in the puts us in the top half looking at the numbers for last year. I mean, Swansea had salaries of 26 million last year. Um, who else was high? Bristol was 30 million, Birmingham 31 million, Stoke 37, but then mad anyway. Um, they got that down to 30 million this year. So I mean you know, it gives you an idea. We're we're trying to get down from twenty five and a half million down to kind of more maybe Preston area of twenty million. Um, I mean, we've definitely gone in the right direction, haven't we? We've got rid of a bunch of fairly expensive people, contracts ending, loans. We started the year without any loan players, um, so uh, should we be worried? I think. It's a really long way of saying I don't think so. I think we're probably right there. I mean, there are people at the club who are no doubt switched on enough and know enough and are, are with it enough to kind of know where they're going and and what our, what our limits are, what we can spend. And the fact that we were able to bring in a couple of players in January kind of gives me hope. I think that we are we're there or thereabouts. Um, I think if it's it for- tight, I don't think we would have seen anyone coming in at all. So you, on the off shot, this would be in football terms, who would be in charge of these accounts when they started as a manager and who would have left? So people like me who are fairly simple, who don't follow these things really well, need talk to me like I'm a two-year-old. In fact, just treat me like you normally do. Very kind. Um, how do you mean? Who would have? Who would have been it? When the account started, who would, would have Warburton still been there, or was this after Warburton? Would have been Bale. Would have been Bale. So, yeah, okay, so this, so Bale. this latest year would have been Bale. So it started. Start of the Bill year, end of the Warburton yeah, era. So, so yeah. So basically, I mean, the three-year period obviously is all the way through. It's Warburton, Bale, Critchley, Ainsworth. Um, but yeah, this last year is so. It basically involved all of the players that Beale brought in um, in that summer of um, no, it wouldn't in the where are we? Hold on, twenty three. <laughs> I'm trying to work out. Yeah, so sorry, all the players that came in in January, I guess, of twenty three would be in there, which would have been well, Beale gone by then, hadn't he? Yeah, gone, so you would have had like Jamal Lowe, yeah, Jamal Lowe came in at that stage, didn't he? And then obviously afterwards you'd have had Chris Martin. I can't imagine he'd have been, yeah, he'd right. been that I much. Was cheap. I'd, I'd like to go to uh, name the Bill players as the Down Tools Brigade. <laughs> um, and um, did we get compensation for Bill? Is that in there? 
Yes, yeah, so ironically, we're about the only we're about the only team who financially done well out of it. Yeah, it seems that way. I mean, that I have been looking for kind of pointers for that kind of what could it have been and what could it be. There is, I mean, I think that's got to be way too much for a manager who has been in the club for like a few months. But there is a, a revenue stream called Other, which is where kind of a lot of this stuff gets dumped. And last year we had 1.1 million in other, and this year we had 2.5 million in other. Wow. So there's 1.4 million unexplained. They wouldn't have, would they? Strangers, they're a bit mad. I would say maybe the 0.4 million is to do with Beale and the millions to do with something else, but <laughs> if I was a better man. But um, 1.4 million for Beale. Yeah, right. I can't imagine it was that much, but it. Um, I mean, I've kind. Of, I saw something else to do with sort of. I mean, it was under player transactions, and there was a million pound. But ugh, I can't see that. Would that be Dickie's transfer. I, I thought there was a figure of of one million mentioned conversation. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, sold, yeah. we sold we sold Dickie for a million one point five, wasn't it? Including yeah, the no, that's, that, that was post. Yeah, that, that um, was after this. So. What I want to know is, um, with 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 the sort of belated um, uh, name renaming or rebranding of the stadium of the stands uh, mm. and all the various little sponsorship deals, is is that how much do you think that would have benefited? Is 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 it is it like a drop in the ocean, or is it a significant amount? I mean, I think it depends how savvy they are, doesn't it? I mean, you'd hope it's going to be, quite, you know, a good, you know, at least a million. Otherwise, why go through all the effort of doing it? Yeah. Um, which is obviously, you know, if you're trying to get to 10 million, then crossing off 10% or something kind of quite simple like that is always going to be a bonus, isn't it? But, you know, you'd like to think it would be, uh, you know, even more than that. I think, you know, looking at, how we sit commercially and kind of you, you know we're we're not we're not particularly you know we don't bring in a lot if you look at kind of so if you combine so they split out revenue streams you have kind of sponsorship you have you know commercial income which would be um things like the um you know w12 club and everything like that and then also if you're renting the stadium out during the week for anything else and then obviously you have you know all your club shop purchases and what whatnot so i mean between between the three of them we last year so year ending 2022 we were 6.1 million this year we we're 6.2 million it's, it's you know it's an extra kind of like eighty thousand year to year not a lot of difference you know we didn't you know nothing really changed with our sponsor you know, kind of the size of the boxes we have, the way we use our stadium didn't change. So, you know, you'd expect fairly static year on year. Thing is, you look at other clubs, reasonably, reasonably kind of small clubs who don't, you know, seem to do a lot. You know, you look at something sort of like Reading last year where they had, you know, three farmers and a, this bloody sheep turning up to each match. They they still made like five million from from those income streams, so only a million less than us. Um, uh, Birmingham were at a similar amount to us. Um, you know, even even Coventry 
and uh, and Swansea similar amounts to us. But Coventry um, don't actually own their own ground, do they? So that's they, yeah, no, to... exactly. So that's you so know that... that's all pure sponsorship for them. The commercial income they don't even get. Mm, it's interesting. So yeah. on your thing for that and and this year you can see now why we sponsored everything obviously for to pay off Ainsworth to bring in the new manager um, but I think there's a lot of headroom there you know there's a lot that we don't I think there's a lot they don't take advantage of you know our, our um, you know you can't do much about the gate receipts ultimately they are what you are what they are you know we're always going to be about this kind of 5.6 million range we're not you know we can't create more seats the only way of doing it is by making us lot pay more, which we're not going to be happy about at all. So, you know, it does seem to be a big untapped kind of area, which I hope after what's happened in the last few months, they're actually starting to look into. And Christian Nori, I guess, is he wants to make a mark and increase income. It's one 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 avenue that I can see. Brilliant. So, um, just, just, just for the when do when does everyone know? You know, because there's obviously there's a lot of speculation. Before he came on, I said there was like a four, a four page um, uh, uh, message board thread on lawful words about it, and just reading through that, nobody could actually categorically say yes, we're all right, or no, we're not, and they pretty much came down the same side as you, saying that it looks <laughs> like we, we, we're sailing close to the wind, but you know, we should, yeah. when, when do you actually? When do we find out whether us or any other clubs? Uh, uh... So, yeah, so the, these accounts have to be submitted in the next um, month or so, I believe. I think there's a 31st of March deadline I've seen. And yeah. that will be for these accounts that we're seeing. Like, they can only review what's happened. Yeah. So so it is for, you know, the, those last three years. So, you know, I'm pretty sure with these accounts, with what the information we've got, we're going to be all right this time oh. round. There will be nothing. We're not going to get any points. The the crunch comes, I think, the month after. It's either April or May. We have to submit what they call a, a forward forecast, which is basically saying what's happened this year and do we still fit within the envelope? Yeah. They can, they can you know, if that looks like there's going to be a breach, they can then actually start early and start looking into kind of what's happening. And you'd expect if that happens, the way things leak, that you'd find out quite quickly. So, you know, if it's if it's all silent by the end of the summer, then I imagine we're in a good place. Can I just jump in, Niall, and ask about when the accounting season for football clubs ends? Is it is it May or is it at the end of June? Because I'm just wondering if we are sufficiently desperate and we need to cover the financial fair play that potentially we could, if anyone wants to take any of our players, try and sell someone either by the end of May or the end of June. There are so our financial year ends is thirty first May. Um, so that's it. Everything has to be completed by then. You can't bring in, you know, you can't kind of make it. A deal and sort of claim that that revenue's come in May if like paperwork isn't done and things can't be signed until June. There is, however, a trick that can be done if it is, you know, if you are that concerned and you do have. I'm all ears. <laughs> you can extend your accounting period. So clubs have done it in the past. Um, 
it was who was it did it last year there was um i want to say i think it was bristol yeah it was bristol bristol this year so their accounts came out and it was a 13 month year um which gave them a higher loss but i, I presume gives them a higher because that extra month is to the end of June, you're not going to have any extra income in that time. You're only going to have more costs. You're going to have another month of wages and whatnot. But if there is a transfer in June and you were needed some money, then yeah, you could extend your accounting period by a month. It's Companies do it. Some companies do it for longer. So they will kind of um at the last minute extend their accounting periods so they don't have to release their accounts so you know for example someone who had had some dodgy dealing with the government and there was lots of media interest on what their accounts would look like they can actually kind of delay all that coming out by doing things like that and yeah you could you could in theory do it this way as well i'm not sure how delighted the efl would be with a club that did that yeah, especially wow. us, and they're not, not not exactly best buddies with them. I mean, I guess what, yeah. people, uh, what we're all kind of hoping is that Eze goes for a lot of money in the summer to Man City or to, to wherever, and we, as far as I know, get a 20% slice of that, so we could theoretically be in line for anything from, you know, 15 million onwards um, if, we, if he goes for a decent price. And then I'm guessing that Chair is our most sellable asset. I know we, we rejected that 5 million offer from... Trabonspor, didn't we? Um, a, a few yeah. weeks before, a couple of a couple of days before, or, or a couple of days after the transfer window, wasn't it? But um, you would you would suspect, and 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 fair play to him, he's given, um, he's had critics for sometimes hanging on to the ball too long, yada yada. But um, he has given his heart and soul to this club, uh, and if we stay up, it will be because of him rather than in spite of him. I think. Interesting. Yeah, Go on now. No, as I say, I was just agreeing entirely. I mean, you can't. Me too. You can't. You can't. Um, I don't think you can say a bad word about what he's done for us. Must be nice for him as well. Um, sorry, I know we're going away from accounts here, but to have these other players that we've we've already mentioned, these players who can, he basically, I'm saying it's it's not all on him now. Um, we've got other options. Um, we've got support in midfield. Be a, Good point. Um, and it and it's it's kind of releases the pressure off him a little bit. Um, I'm also glad it was him um, that uh, the, the, the Anderson passed to as well, because, uh, um, you know, that, that was a sweet, sweet finish. But, um, you know, as we saw, um, you know, bless him, but you know, Smith missed a couple against Stoke. And, you know, would you would you back Dykes to bury that, you know, on, on form this season? So, uh, and it was kind of just reward as well for, like I say, the last few weeks, given his heart and soul. Um, so, yeah. Just to get back on track a little bit before we end this conversation on the accounts, I guess the question that people like me who are born negative thinkers can't help it, just why I am. You know, if I win the lottery, I'm expecting a, you know, a tornado of things falling out of the sky from orbit, the satellites to land on my head. Um, if, if we do take the drop, how much of a financial hit is that? And how does it affect us rebuilding? So if we if we do drop down to League One, I mean things it, it's it's a different environment and it's not you know at the moment we get I think 
what eight point just under nine million in broadcast revenue you know that's going to disappear um in league one it's nowhere near that level i'm not sure exactly what it is but um that's going to disappear just at a time when the championship broadcast revenue is actually jumping up a bit as well uh, next, next season there's this new deal um that's coming through and there's this arrangement with the Premier League as well with um, some of their money filtering down so there is next season actually is going to be a bit of a jump in the broadcast revenue so it is probably the worst time to fall out of the championship welcome to the world of QPR yeah. on, top of, on top of that the way that the um, profit and sustainability works is, is it's based on a way it's based on your wages to turnover um, you're allowed to have 75 percent of your turnover spent on wages um, the last three years I was, well, I, that was covid year 2021 but it was 166 percent but then 125 percent and this year 109 percent so a bit of work to do to get it down to 75 percent um on the plus side, and the reason kind of people say, oh, but it's a really good opportunity to rebuild, is that the owners can put money into the club as long as it's not as a loan, as long as it's basically they are gifting the club the money, it is non-repayable, mm -hmm. then that counts as turnover as well. So in theory, they could put 100 million into the club. You could have a wage bill of 75 million if you wanted. Okay, but, I didn't actually know that. Interesting. But... but um. When you come back into the championship, that year counts in your calculations uh, in the championship. Oh, does it? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And they don't that include, was... and they won't count that as turnover. Oh, Christ. Hang on a minute. So, to me, some of the football leagues actually thought about something and actually made sense of a situation where we could, or anybody could actually flaunt the rules. My God. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps you just change your name to Man City and just do what you want. Yeah, well, there is that, isn't there? So, um, is there anything else you'd like to add to your cards? Because I'm, 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 I'm now going to move into Saturday and Oz end, but I don't want to feel people feeling they want more of these sensual things. The risk of boring everyone to death, I guess. <laughs> no, you uh, can never, especially when you're drunk. You're actually quite funny when you're drunk. <laughs> I think I think yeah I mean you know as far as kind of where the club is what we're doing we're okay I mean you know you you look at some of these numbers and they're staggering they're unimaginable you know you look at 10 years and 300 million of shareholder investment it's it's unreal it's it's huge sums of money compared to what our turnover has been in that time um you know you look at things like how you know the number of employees it's it's always gone up since 2012 it's gone up every year apart from a couple where it's dropped slightly but in the main on average there is a line going up you know we're not it's it's you know as i read somewhere before it's this kind of you know we're, we're the poorest rich club in the world we yeah we act yeah. like we have unlimited resources but then all of a sudden reality slaps us in the face and we realise we don't. Um, I mean, you know, things have improved. Things are going in the right direction. Things have got a lot better since kind of 
um, you know, the the sort of the couple of years after the Premier League, where it's just absolutely madness. One one trend that I've noticed this year that is the first time I've seen it happen is our turnover has gone up and our profit has gone down. Oh, that's interesting. Normally, I have I have, I have a graph um, that um, you have the turnover kind of plotted as a sort of going up and down each year. And then you have the loss exactly mirroring it. You can put them and the more the more to the higher the turnover we have, the higher the loss we have. It's insane. It seems it seems to be it you know, it seems to be a bit of headless chicken. So at least now that's changing, and hopefully that becomes a trend. And as turnover goes up, our profit improves or our loss decreases. So um you know, and I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think you can say it often enough that our owners are actually, you know, we suffer their mistakes, but they do own their mistakes. Um, it has been a horrific few years, caused mainly because of decisions they have made, but they have paid for them. They haven't done what Reading's owner has done—just say, "I'm not paying any more bills. I walk away." They have signed deeds committing them to paying this money for at least the next three years um so you know it is there is a level of stability to the madness there's still madness it's interesting because people still would look at us and say ah oh, you know it's all about the ground it's all about the money but the losses they're incurring would suggest that if they are here to make money out of us they're probably not very good at it yeah so I don't think they're here to asset strippers, that's for sure. Or I might just be naive. Uh, I do. I think. I mean, they have a couple of side hustles, where you know they are building a lot of flats in Old Oak Common. There is a business that Ruben owns that builds and rents a lot of flats in the hundreds. That is making very good money. Now, whether they think that owning QPR means that the council treat them in a certain way for those sorts of things. That no. might be one thing. Um, but that's just wild speculation. I don't, I don't know how, I mean, you know, I don't know how the council views views them in that regard and how they think it may influence anything. But, yeah, they they are, they do have some side hustles in the, in the area. Well, because okay. it was a port to see all day. Did I dream this? Help me out, guys. Did I read somewhere that Tony Fernandez was thinking of coming back and ban the club again, or did I dream that? I saw something about that somewhere. It was an interview that he had on BBC where he basically said that he had the option to buy back the shares. Oh, I thought it was a dream. Oh, dear. As long as it's just an option and as long as he doesn't actually <laughs> physically do it... Um, he's absolutely fine with that. It's just when Nell mentioned the relationship with the council, I was thinking in the back of my head, oh, Jesus, Tony. Ooh, that, God, seems, that, yeah, that seems to be all Ruben, though. That Tony doesn't seem to be anything to do with that. So there is <laughs> there is that aspect of it. That was Lee Hughes as well, was a little yeah. bit forward with his assumptions about Linford Christie. Yeah, that's not going to happen. 
One more thing to just pick you up on as well about what you said about the ground and that being limiting. I do kind of, I do have a slight counterpoint to that because the the capacity is the capacity. But how? What's the capacity of Brentford's ground? God knows. um, Sixteen and up. Sixteen and up. Yeah, it's not. It's not that much different. I mean, I know it's they're all they're all fake. You know, I know it's a lot newer and it can probably be used for other things apart from football as well. But ultimately, the number of seats that we're able to fit into the space we have shouldn't be seen as being massively limiting, I don't think. Well, Bournemouth have only got 9,000, haven't they? Yeah. Fellas, I've got to go. I've got to go. I'm afraid duty duty calls. Um, but, uh, but thank yeah. you for coming back. It's been brilliant having you back, mate. I've really enjoyed you, that. You thank too. You. Lovely. Good to, good to see you. And I hope to see you on Saturday. And, and I'll go, um, I think, 3 1 to keep here on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> good, man. And I love good. it. See you later. Um, see you, mate. Um, okay. Now, so, yeah, the, I often think, and we all know, don't we? It's, it's always the, got to get a new ground that we can have lovely, shiny, people in it doing what Arsenal do with conferences and offices and teacher training and this, that and the other. But we're in London. To do that is going to cost way more money than what you're going to bring in eventually unless you've got a very smart investment and the council are backing it. With Brentford, I think they used, I don't know, would have to get one day Mark Devlin on, who was obviously a QPR fan, but was the CEO then and overseen that thing, if I'm right. I'm sure they did a deal with the council for Griffin Park and that they kind of one went with the other and stuff like that there. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I think sometimes it, you're right, it's, an ex- it's not an excuse. I think I've said it a million times, we'll not be leaving Loftus Road in my lifetime. We might leave it. Can't say that. So my, my theory will be that they'll start renovating certain parts of the ground to try and bring in extra revenue. Um, maybe build out where the loft is to do some concerts inside like a or conferences uh, I don't know the, 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 there is room to manoeuvre a little bit but maybe not for adding seats but there's other things that we can do perhaps so um, but I'll tell you what now you don't will though I would if you'd have sent me that the text message I'd have really fucked that right up <laughs> um, I would have had if I everyone... had to put that in a text message it would have been accompanied by a gun I think <laughs> I just said to Simon and said, Simon, you've got a brain, you're a teacher, help me out here, son. Um, but no, that's so hopefully we stay up. Everything should just move over. The transition shouldn't be too bad. You can see now why they did the audit as well, by the way, judging by them accounts. And it all makes sense now. If we go down, um, God help us. Is that fair enough? Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. I mean, I, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not an elixir, it's not an elixir to go down. It's not, it's not anything to be viewed as something that's positive. I don't, I think, if we're in that position, then yeah, you look for kind of ways of actually kind of, I guess, taking positives from it. But yeah, it's far, far, far more positive to stay in the championship. I agree. On that note, we're going to move on to Rotherham. Is that it, by the way, Simon? Do you want to ask any more about the accounts before we go on to Rotherham, or are you good? No, I think that's excellent. No, thank you for that, Noel. It certainly clears clears a lot of things up. Night for the other people will have a far better understanding as well. well that, yeah, was, no problem. that was cut on you, Simon. Oh, dear. <laughs> 
No, and thankfully, thankfully you didn't. Thankfully yeah, you didn't. Rotherham, I was saying now, I don't know if you heard, because you were kind of muting yeah, no, it. Everyone said to me, that's it, we're going to mess up against Rotherham. Um, we're not are we now. We're going to win, aren't we? We're going to have a nice little win on Saturday. He's good. So I was I was kind of you know dipping in and out of various football results <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> looking at what was going on. It was um, it's uh, they say they seem to be playing as if they've got nothing to lose, which is a bit concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to have realised that maybe winning away from home might be something they want to do. No, which is that. concerning. Um, they're more or less I down, mean, aren't they? They're, they're, they're down. I mean, uh, yeah, and that's yeah, and that's half the thing, isn't it? They're down, but then you know they've 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 got no concerns. We seem to shit the bed every time we get within sniffing distance of getting out of the bottom three. We've done it five times now, and being at four of those five games, it's been an absolute thrill. Um, <laughs> But I think it felt, I don't know, Bristol Bristol felt positive. I think it does feel like there is a corner mentally being turned. I just hope we've turned it far enough. No, I think we have turned it far enough. And I think that, I think we can go into Saturday with some confidence. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast and arguing with yourself. Um, <laughs> so, what's oh, your prediction? I don't know. Exactly, now. So, what's your prediction? And have you got a spreadsheet for it? I don't know. I was, I was going to share my screen with you so you could see what sort of carnage please I'm don't. looking at. My mind will blow. Um, graphs and everything is phenomenal. Oh, no, please don't. Um, I did like Chris's 3 1, but I just think. Oh, I'd, I'd love us to score more than one goal. <laughs> no, I'd love a 3 0. I think 3 0. We seem to be quite good at clean sheets lately. 3 0. Oh, why did you say that at the end about the sheets and shit in the bed? I do like it. Little, um, little, yeah, yeah, well done. Simon. To be fair, I was one of the people who said straight after the game we'll lose at home to Rotherham. So it's going to be it's going to be a difficult one for difficult one for me. I mean, think of the record. November twenty twenty two was the last time Rotherham won an away game, and there was there was another time. I think in twenty nineteen. I'll take you back March twenty nineteen, the dying days of Steve McLaren. Rotherham hadn't won in about two years until a Wednesday night at Loftus Road. And they ended up winning two one. Um, no, 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 no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's out of balance because, thankfully for me, um, Rotherham being fifteen points off and actually having nothing to lose will actually do us the world of good. I think because they haven't got anything to gain by sticking ten men behind the ball and playing for a nil nil. They've got to actually start winning games and I think you could quite clearly see with what they did at Ipswich that they played with a bit of a nothing to lose mentality and that's going to help us out more instead of sort of like trying to break down trying to break down 10, 10 teams which we know 
we know doesn't really play to our strengths. Um, I'm under no illusions. I, I still think it's going to be potentially nervy because there is going to be the expectation we're going to go there to win. And if we don't get an early goal, as good as we've been as a crowd, I can see it. I can see it getting nervy. Um, having said that, I do. I do think we will win, but I think it's going to be a, a massive nail biter. And I think we will end up winning one nil, um, coming out of the bottom three, and hopefully that will be, as Niall rightly says, a massive psychological barrier lifted. Oh, okay. I'm. I'm going to be really contrary to both of you. I think it's going to be a lifting of the uh, the chains of doom, the lifting of the chains that have en enslaved us to this end of misery for the last few years and break the chains of Rotherham turning up and being shit everywhere else and beating us. So it's about time that we turned that around. 5-0 Rangers, Anderson, Sis, and we're going to be thinking to ourselves, my God, Although we, we listened to the QPR podcast, the accounts, and we went through it. This is good news. The accounts aren't as bad as we thought. A corner has been turned. Everyone is smiling. The ground is packed. We're all dancing. We're having a great time. And we're going to stay up. And then I'll turn up and off the road and see something completely different. Who knows? Well, I look forward to the conversation next week, then. I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, I, listen, I think... And this is a really bad reflection of life. This is a we've had opportunities, but if we don't take this opportunity that we have on Saturday, then you could say that we've we've almost thrown ourselves into League One. It's it's that simple. We've got a great opportunity to get out of that bottom three and put the pressure on others. If we don't and we don't act on that, then we've kind of let ourselves down big style. So hopefully Marty can get them geared up and we'll we'll do going back to, to Frey, by the way, I actually don't mind the fact he hasn't got a lot of pace because we we never seem to have anyone in the box and I like the fact that he's always in the box and and hanging around and he can use use his feet well so I'm pleased but anyway listen I'll take I, I say jokingly five nil I'll take one nil of course I would and I I'm desperate for it just to get this off our back and but no no look we'll win and, and Millwall will go and beat Southampton and, and everything else it'll just be oh god save us can we just have a break once please there you go. RZ, Simon. It would be it would be very um appropriate of me to reflect on um Mr. Michael Beale or player ID as he's otherwise known on <laughs> as he's otherwise known on Twitter. And the um and the very unfortunate um dismissal of him. Um and whilst I've got another use for, I'm going to need another use for my inflatable snake that I bought for the Stadium of Light in three, four weeks. The £2.99 that's been spent knowing that he's A, lost his job, B, not likely to get a job in England again unless he's doing futsal for Bromley. It's, I, I, I'd like to say I take no pleasure out of a man becoming unemployed, but with him, I reserve it as a, exception and hopefully on March the 16th when we're up at the Stadium of Light, all four corners, stand up if you hate Mick Beale, will be a truly wondrous <laughs> It might even be a, a, a bustler from Glasgow for that mate yeah, I'm not a vindictive man as you know Paul but I reserve <laughs> I reserve, I reserve exception I do I, 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 yeah, I saw um, Clive was talking about all the sticks he's, he was a good order of 
I, 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 I don't know what to say, Simon. I think it's, it's, um, it is bad, though, isn't it? I mean, the player ID thing, the bloke's got a screw loose. He hasn't managed in London for 10 years. The uh, trolling your own club, <laughs> you're about to get the sack, forget it. I mean, the bloke's an idiot. I mean, there's, there's no other word for it. But it. It did give me, and, and fair play to that pod for putting that out as well, and everyone jumping onto it. It was a, quite a good fan. But yeah, he's he's certainly left with a very red face, as he should do. And um, I think in football terms, when he turned up at the Aberdeen match, and he was still our manager, I think it was a day after we lost to Birmingham, if memory serves you right, um, he lost respect of a lot of people because A. Rangers had a job. He was supposed to be reflected on us after our match on the Friday. And he turned up to get a, to, because he thought he was uh, Jesus resurrected Rangers. And that went well. Um, but there you go. And in fact, they've just, uh, anyway, let's not talk about Scottish football because I've, I've just seen that they've overtaken Celtic now after he's left, which is mad. But there you go. My Oz end is um, going to be after Niles. Yeah, Oz end. So, kind of, I guess, on the back of the accounts, um, just really well done to the QPR commercial team for, I've just looked on the website, there are two tickets left for Saturday. Two. You're kidding me. No. Against Rotherham, the team bottom of the league by a long way, there are just two tickets left. They did the kids for a quid promotion, which I love. I used to love bringing my son along when that was on. Um... It's um, yeah, it's amazing to sell out that great that that game. It's you know all the more to it, you know great stuff. It's where it's a really big opportunity for us to kind of actually increase our revenues and uh, and kind of improve our position. You know the higher average attendance we have at the ground, then I'm sure the more that they can sponsor themselves in each stand as well. So. Yeah, hats off to the commercial team. In a in a game that could have, you know, had um, a fairly sort of average attendance, um, to actually sell out the ground entirely is uh, is phenomenal. I think, and it shows that with a wee bit of the, the, the a wee bit of goodness going around the ground, be it the scarves or the reduced freeze, is greatly appreciated and does actually do a good PR exercise, a good promotion exercise, and somewhat engages and makes people feel a bit better and happier and gives us a bit of a lift. And I think that to be sold out in Saturday, only two tickets left. And don't forget, Rotherham will bring money down. I think that's brilliant. Well done to everyone. Um, is that it now? Is there anything else? No? You, you don't want to say anything about the... Um, the Bristol Eel Houses or anything that you've frequented on Saturday. How I wonderful. I have an apology to make to the nation. I um I got carried away after the win on 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 on, on Saturday and went on national radio to d- discuss my um my oh. moment of, of um yeah, it was a bit of a moment I had on Saturday. I can't just to fill everyone in. I kind of had every intention of going home. Every intention. Lovely day. Spent the day with Simon. What a complete, brilliant friend he is. Good company, him and Cindy and everyone else. Brilliant. I loved it. Good good company. Apart from when I, I, I swapped seats because the bloke, someone near me was kept farting. 
and yes, that didn't go down well. Anyways, so I, I, I literally got down the road. I got a text message. When will you be home? Ah, not long. <laughs> then I thought, oh, I remembered. I talked to Paul and he was going to the pub, the Irish pub near me. And I thought, I'll just go pop in the one to see Paul because I knew he'd be there. And I popped in to see him. And as Simon knows, two of my best things is QPR and talking about Belfast. QPR fans and a bar full of people from Belfast. I wasn't getting out there to half past one under anyone's illusions. <laughs> I then had to go on the radio and explain that, um, you know, of all the times I've let um, Liz down with QPR, and it, it turns out it's quite a lot. I know her revenge was, well, you've let me down a few times. QPR, I've let you down for a lifetime. Harsh, isn't it? True, like, but it's harsh. So I, I got on the Nahal show and I, I was explaining my predicament and I think I came across as a tad selfish, but it's only... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I kind of... You know, I mean, we were arguing about that. She, she thinks it was it was Mark Almond, not Soft Cell, that I left her stand outside for ages and she went in and had a great time anyway. Um but she thinks it was a friendly against Dundee. Was I? I'm convinced it was against Nottingham Forest. Would Clough scored his um, fastest ever hat trick? She's convinced that was another gig, but she's not sure. Um, so we're actually arguing about which gig I let her down. <laughs> so this is all the, which I don't think. But yeah, I, I kind of thought I must come across as a real, you know, horrible human being. But it's just QPR, isn't it? I mean, I've I've gone to jobs on Saturdays with a full intention of getting there, diverted and ended up in a coached and away game. She just, I'm going to be sensible. I need this money. I need this job. Hello, Derby. You know, it's, it's, it's done to you. And um, I didn't pit myself in a good light. And I'd like to apologise to the QPR fan base for, again, letting us all down and making us sound like we're selfish buggers. And I came across badly. And I'd like to apologise to Liz and everyone for that. And I'd do it again next week. I had a great time in the Pueblo. I was so <laughs> drunk. And the Saturday I had to push, the Sunday I had to push through because I, I didn't get a dad nap in the afternoon, which I, I, I thought I was entitled to because I worked so hard. I ended up in Wapping first thing in the morning. I had to do that. I had to do another job. I had to do all these things. And I had to push through. Fucking killed me. Say when half past 10 came that night, I, I ran up them stairs with the dog behind me, I can tell you. Anyway, Huge apologies, but it was worth it. And I enjoyed Saturday. And that's why we support this bloody football club. It destroys your life, your marriages, and your fucking hope. But my God, don't we love it, eh? So there you go. That was my... But I can't believe they actually put me on the radio. I need to text them in as a joke. So then, yeah, went to, went, went to Bristol, nearly got divorced. And they fucking put me on. It's shocking. <laughs> did you hear, did you actually hear it, Simon? Did I sound like a complete bell end? I heard it. I heard it. I winced a couple of times. I'm not going to lie. There was a little bit where I was, oh, oh, have you? Oh, you, you said that, did you? Okay. No, not at all. I mean, did you know? Did you also know that they, that Nihal enjoyed it so much he repeated elements of it the day after? No. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, they did a bit of a follow up. They did a bit of a follow up about it as well. Yeah, I did not do that. But don't worry, don't worry. I'm sure, I'm sure it's fine, Paul. I'm sure, I'm sure it's. Look, at the end of the day, you're still here. Which, when I was hearing that message, I was like, the chances of that happening was going to be slim to none. 
But all, I did mention, I suppose, which was bad. Oh, you see, it's all coming back to me now. What I did help myself is when I got home, I did say, Ark, what? It was like being at home, being in the pub, because they're all from Belfast and QPR mm -hmm. fans. That went down like a couple of cows sick, I can tell you. So, yeah, the whole thing was a disaster. And then, of course, all I thought about, well, if I do get divorced, do I get to keep the dog? Yeah, yeah that was another thing that you said. I'm not entirely sure how, how well that was going to go down either. But apart from that, I thought it was a real success, the, the, the cult. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, everyone's going to think I'm like said the sex is from Fizz. This is your bit to reassure me, Simon. What, from Belfast? <laughs> <laughs> he found that interesting. Why he put QPR for Belfast? I thought, well, why not? Anyway, never mind. You always... Just weird. When you support no, uh, QPR from Northern Ireland or anywhere else in the world, people are amazed why you support them. But why not? The best club in the world. It's pretty simple, really. Also, I'd like to give a shout-out to, to Phil from Dungannon. I took the Northern Ireland. I, I did shout at you on your back on Saturday as Simon was turning left to walk into a brick wall where he thought his car was parked. And I was totally laughing after that. So, um, yes, indeed. There you go. Trials and tribulation of the podcast and an away day. Now, seriously, that account was brilliant. Thank you so much, because that's made me feel a wee bit happier. And you explained it brilliantly. And I'm just so pleased. Yeah, no problem. It's helped me unwind from a hell of a day as well. So thank you. I, <laughs> next time you see a game, you remember the goal, eh? Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Simon is over, mate. Um, I will see you Saturday, and um, I look forward to our next away trip. I'll try and knock, not knock anyone's wall down while you're waiting. Please don't. Yes, indeed. Thank you, yeah, listeners. Okay, mate. All the best. And Rangers, come on, do not let us down Saturday. This is it. This is a big one. This is liftoff. Thank you for listening to Open All Laws. 